0: If you would turn with me in your copy of God's Word to um, the book of 1 Timothy, we'll be in chapter 4, starting a new series here today that will take us um, through the end of this year and part of next year uh, as we talk about spiritual disciplines, and that, that might seem scary. People don't like to hear the word discipline, especially some of the younger folks in the place, like You don't want to be disciplined. But what if I said spiritual practice, spiritual exercise? Uh, What does that look like for us? Because part of my role, part of my job as pastor is to help you to be able to know Jesus Christ and, and understand what it looks like for you to be a Christian. How do you take what you read in the Bible? Hopefully you're reading your Bible. But how do you take the things that you're reading in your Bible and apply it to your life? And some people would like to say that this, this book, this, this, thing, this book that we open up every week, every day, hopefully, people say, well, this is antiquated. Times have changed. Things are different. But my God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He, he, knows, he's, he knew about 2023 way before we ever came about and so he, he's written to us, and he, he has revealed himself to us through his word, and so we should be able to take it and understand what that means and why it matters for us. This is not something that's outside and and this is for uh, there's nothing that we can do with it anymore today. This is our guidebook of how we should look, how should we, we should act, how we should respond. If you call yourself a Christian, call yourself a Christ follower. So this is going to be an exciting series. And so I encourage you, uh, we're going to have an intro today and tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your family um, about this series because it's going to be very applicable to your lives and, uh, and how we go about our day to day so that we can be closer and closer to Jesus Christ. So as we begin, you know, as I talk to people, uh, it's interesting when you get together with a lot of men, uh, they tend to bring up sports and talk about the, the football things that are going on and basketball and baseball and people's stats and can you believe and they shouldn't have and they drafted and all this time. And, and I'm not a sports guy. And people are surprised to hear that. They just assume that I'm like every other man, and they want to take my man car because I don't, I don't know about sports, and I drive with a GPS. That's <laughs> but, I mean, that's, that's how I am. That's, that's how God made me. So people are surprised. But growing up, I followed basketball quite a bit, and that's one of the sports that I really enjoyed. And, and this was in the 90s when I was growing up and really watched um, basketball quite a bit. This was during the Jordan years, so that should resonate with many of you, even though I wasn't a Jordan fan. I was a Detroit Pistons fan, the bad boys of Detroit. (laughs) But regardless of the sport, whether it's, it's basketball, whether it's baseball, football, martial arts, what has always impressed me is how these folks just go out and they just do their thing and it looks so effortless. Just to look at the skill of the players on the field, and I'm just like, how do they do that? How, how it they, they make it look so easy? And the same is true for musicians and artists and, and others. And, and I'm sure you've done this, right? Have you watched people that are master of their craft and, and they just make it look so easy and you think, oh, I, I could do that, right? Have you done that? And then you try, and you're like, well, maybe I can't. Because they make it look, so effortless, they make it look easy, and so, when you see gymnasts, especially, then they spring up and float into the air it's just it's just amazing to me to be able to watch things I mean you have to have a a lot of things going for you and the flexibility and so many different things that are happening. you know I found this guy on YouTube who he would walk up to people out on the street ask them, hey, what's your favorite song? Or if they had earbuds in, he says, what are you listening to right now? And regardless of what they say, they tell him a song, he pulls out his guitar and he starts playing it. He's like a walking jukebox. And to be able to play these songs just just off the top of his head. But the question is, how is this possible? How are The athletes that we see, the musicians, the artists, how are they able to be so good? What what is it about them? I'll tell you this, it takes a lot of practice. It takes years and years and months of practice for them. There are some people who are naturally gifted, but studies have shown that the majority of successful athletes, musicians, and etc. aren't particularly gifted or talented than anybody else. The studies have shown like these people aren't necessarily special in what they do. They didn't come out of the womb knowing how to do all this stuff. What sets them apart is their discipline. What sets them apart is their, their drive and their commitment to improving their craft. To, to them, when they go to practice, whatever their skill, whatever the craft is, it's not drudgery. It's not, oh, man, I got to go practice again. Oh, I don't want to do this right now. No, they go in because they have their sights set on something more. When we talk about folks like Michael Jordan, when he went to practice dribbling, he didn't practice just for the sake of dribbling. He didn't say, I want to be the best dribbler that anybody has ever seen. That wasn't his focus. That wasn't his primary goal. He practiced the fundamentals in everything uh, in, in the game so that he could be the greatest player of all time. That was his goal. His goal was to win championships. He had his sights. He had his mind on something bigger and greater, but he knew he needed the fundamentals in order to do that. And he was willing to do any of those things. If you're familiar with Stephen Curry, who plays for the Golden State Warriors, he's, he's just an amazing basketball player. I see some claps. Okay, you going to know some Stephen Curry at Golden State, even in Chicago. That's, that's cool. And so he's just an amazing basketball player. It seems like this guy, he can just shoot from wherever on the court and just sink it. You know, there's, there's been uh, clips of him, you know, shooting from half court, easy. Shooting from full court, just throwing it. Like, I mean, people, people don't do this. And, but he does it, again, effortlessly. You know, talk, I mean, free throw is easy for this guy. Three points, no, no problem. Or even when you think about the late great uh, Kobe Bryant, he was known to be obsessed with his craft. His goal was to out-practice everybody that had played the game of basketball. And so he wanted to get up earlier than everybody so he can have more practice time than everybody else. And later, you know, early in his career, he would do that. And then later in his career, he would be known to go out and practice after a game win, practicing things that he thought he could improve on the court. He was relentless. He had his mind focused on what is bigger, what is greater. There's a popular book written by, Malcolm Gladwell, who explains that the key to achieving true expertise ultimately comes down to practice. He says, practicing the right things the right way for at least 10,000 hours is a general rule for becoming an expert or at least proficient in any area. So there's hope for me. There's hope for you as practicing getting up to those 10,000 hours to, to be at least proficient in anything that you would pr- call your craft. Think about doctors. Doctors go to school for 22 to 26 years to become a licensed doctor. And when they do, then they, they go through all this to have a medical practice. That's interesting, isn't it? I think we all fundamentally get this. And in order to progress in your field, it requires something from you. In order to get better, in order to learn, in order to progress, so that you're not in the same place today that you were yesterday, it requires something from you. It requires work. And I think we all know this. And when you're connected to the ultimate outcome, this is what drives you through your practice so that it's not drudgery. When you know what your, your mind is focused on, you know what your aim and your, your goal is, then you can't wait to practice. You can't wait to improve the fundamentals because you know what you're after. You know what the outcome is going to be. So this is true also for us as we follow Christ everything that I just mentioned is true for us. Each of us need to suit up for practice. Each of us needs to put in the work so that we can get closer to Christ. We must be disciplined when it comes to growing in our relationship with Jesus Christ. And that so happens to be one of our core values here at this church. Imagine that. To to grow in our relationship with Jesus Christ to thrive as a body of believers, and to serve Bolingbroke and the greater community. That's what First Baptist Bolingbroke is about. Will we, will we want to grow numerically? Sure. But it doesn't matter if none of you are growing in your relationship with Christ. This place can be filled with 200 people, but we will be missing the point if nobody knows Jesus. This is a place where we get to know Him, we get to meet Him. Not so that we can be uh, better here, it's so that we can be better out there. It's so that we can share the good news with others who need to hear it. In 1991, Gatorade released a commercial with Michael Jordan in it, and the slogan of the campaign was, Be Like Mike. Who remembers that? Be Like Mike. I'm not going to sing the jingle for you. I'll save you, spare you that. You can... You can YouTube it later to, to be able to see it. You know, these, these ads that Gatorade had, they implied that if you wanted to, to gain in your abilities uh, and success in sports, then you needed to drink Gatorade. If you wanted to be successful like Michael Jordan, here's what you needed to do. And it was by and large very successful. And people thought if they drank more Gatorade, they'll be able to dunk basketballs. Well, But as good as Jordan was on the court, he wasn't that great off the court. He wasn't somebody that we would want to emulate off the court, and my, myself included. You know, I, I had a basketball goal in the back of my uh, house, and I had to lower it a little bit because I didn't have the, junk, the hops like I should have, but I wanted to dunk like Michael Jordan. You know, I want to do all those things. But let me tell you, there's someone far greater, far more worth emulating than Michael Jordan. You know, we've got somebody that we can honestly look up to, not just on the court, but also off the court. We've got somebody who loves us far more than any other. We have somebody that we can look up to that has paid the price that you should have paid. We got somebody that has been looking out for each and every one of us, even though we walked the wrong way, even though we didn't call him. And that somebody is Jesus. That's the person that we we should want to be like. And we don't got to drink Gatorade for it. That's somebody that we should be wanting to emulate and when you understand the goal is to be more like Jesus, then prayer hits a little different. When you understand that you get to draw in this relationship and be closer to God, and then then fasting seems a little easier. When you know your goal is to to, to be in relationship and get closer, you know, reading the Bible is the least thing that you can do because that is how you get to know Him. That's how you build your relationship with God. When you become a Christian, you don't just sit around. Each and every one of us should be pursuing God. We should be pursuing holiness. Hebrews 12 and 14, it says, Strive for peace with everyone and for holiness without which no one will see the Lord. So how can you pursue holiness? How can you be more like Jesus? First Timothy helps us with this. First Timothy four and seven. Does it it have nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths. Rather, train yourself for godliness. For while the bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. Brothers and sisters, in order to be more like Jesus, you have to train yourself. Athletes and artists, they just train for moments in time. They are training for the next big game. They're training for the next big thing in their their life. They're training for the playoffs. They're training for the championships. They're training for whatever art gallery they're going to be in, the next concert they're going to be in. But brothers and sisters, as Christians, we are training for eternity. That's what we have to look forward to is eternity, that we get to spend forever with God. And it's through spiritual practices that God conforms us to become more like Christ. The Lord surrounds us with people to strengthen and encourage us. We see this in Proverbs 27 and 17, where it says, "Iron sharpens iron and one man sharpens another. That's why this gathering is so important. That's why we should not forsake the assembling of together, right? So those of you online, I can't stress enough how important it is for you to be here with us in the room because you don't get that same connectedness online. If you can't come, I get it and let us know so we can come to you. But it's so important for us to get together because iron sharpens iron. And we need to be in community in order for that to happen. And sometimes God uses our friends and family to sharpen us, and sometimes He uses our enemies to refine us. Now, this is something. As, as the families come and we are encouraged, but we, we all know those people in our lives that come and push our buttons and try to push us off our game. And those are the times we need to think about who God made us to be. And I don't know about you. I got to tell the Lord, hey, hold my tongue because I'm about to. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. This is why it's so important. God uses life circumstances also to help us to grow. If you remember in our study of Romans, Romans 8 and 28, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. So even when you feel like things aren't going your way, you can go to the Lord, you can go to him for his guidance, especially so you don't miss the lesson, right? If you're going through something right now, I encourage you to go to the Lord because you don't want to miss it. You don't want to go through it for nothing. What is it that you're trying to teach me? What is it should I learn from this particular circumstance? How can I draw closer to you In this moment, don't don't miss a travesty in your life, because that's where the the moments of teaching most happens, and we draw closer to the Lord and see Him work magnificent things in our lives. As we practice these spiritual disciplines, God works from the, the inside out. Right? So with our friends and family and things happening in our lives, those are happening from the outside. But when we put spiritual practices into place, then we're changed from the inside out. And so we get it from both ways. And I don't know if you know how to cook a steak. But when you, when you cook a steak, you, you, you put it on one side. You, put it in to make, you make sure your skillet is hot, your grill is super hot, and you want to put it down and hear that sizzle. But then you need to flip it. Because you want to you cook both sides of it so that is both sides are cooked through. And that's what the Lord does for us. And from the outside and the inside at the same time, He's working on us. So God has given us these spiritual disciplines as a way to, uh, to, for, for us to receive His grace. And He's helping us to grow in our relationship with Him. So, when Paul wrote this letter to Timothy, he was speaking to the people in Ephesus. He, he was speaking to some people who, at the time, they were going through and they understood what it took to train athletes in various disciplines. They were training for athletic cont- contests and different things going on. So, they understood what he was trying to get through. And physical exercise is certainly important as our bodies are a temple to the Holy Spirit. And I know I need to listen a little bit more. I'm trying but we need to take care of our physical bodies and make sure that we're training our physical bodies. But at the same time, we also need to be training our spiritual bodies as well. So in this sermon series, as we go through and talk about spiritual disciplines, I want you to understand what this really is about. We're going to walk through what it looks like to train in godliness. We're going to go through and walk through what it looks like for us to have some habits, some exercises, some disciplines, some practices, whatever you want to call it, how do I put these things in place so that I continue to grow in my relationship with Jesus Christ? How do I continue to be drawn to Him, to be conformed to what He has for me? So we'll talk about what is typically called spiritual disciplines, and again, we'll call it practices, exercise, habits, whatever it is that that resonates with you. And these things include Reading the Bible, that is one spiritual discipline, practice, habit. Um, Serving, we'll talk about worship, stewardship, prayer, fasting. You know how long I was in church before I understood what fasting was? You know, it seems pretty simple, but nobody really came and instructed me on like, this is why you do it. This is why it's important, and this is how. And uh, I imagine there's probably some of you here uh, similar, or worship. Like, hey, we come, and pe- when people say worship, they think about the music. But when you walk through these doors on Sunday morning, that's when we are worshiping. That's when we come together corporately to worship. So that includes the music, and includes the, the fellowship, it includes the sermon, it includes the prayers. All those things are included in the worship corporately, and you can certainly worship individually and as a family as well. But So we'll talk more about that and um, serving. And people say, oh, don't ask me to do nothing. So let's talk about what serving is, what it looks like, and why it matters. Why it's important. And I say this all the time. I'll say, keep saying it until I'm blue in the face, the importance of reading God's Word. Because there's no other relationship you can have where you don't talk to the other person. If you have a spouse here today and you, you didn't listen to them, I don't know how much longer you'd be married. If you have a family member, a, a friend, if you never listened to them, you never talked to them, you wouldn't be very close. If people like, like to say this is a relationship and not a religion. I think it's both both a religion and a relationship. And in order to have a relationship, you've got to be communing with the person you want to have a relationship with. And in this case, is God. The way we commune with God, the way He speaks to us is through His Word. So we'll talk more about that as well. Now, there's many other disciplines and practices that will draw us closer to the Lord. Those are just a few that we'll be covering in the next few weeks. Um, to, to a month or so as we go through these practices. So it's important to know that these practices are personal and corporate disciplines that promote spiritual growth. So when we train our bodies, when we change our physical bodies, we're, we're able to, to squeak out a few more years of life. When you take care of yourself, you eat right, and you go to the gym, and you run or do all those types of things, then you're able to live a little longer, Right? And so, as we look at our spiritual disciplines, you know uh, we get some gains as well we from spiritual training that we can and also endure forever. So think of spiritual disciplines, again, as spiritual exercises. As we go through each of these from week to week, we're going to stay focused on the the goals of these practices. and as a as a Christian, We are transformed by Christ, 2 Corinthians 5 and 17. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And I love this because we we tend to have all this baggage that we come from. We tend to think about ourselves as who we used to be before Christ, but that ain't you no more. You might have had a a problem with drinking alcohol, and you might have been an alcoholic, but uh, God saved you from that. There's a lot of other things that I can name. You probably thought of some yourself of where you came from and where you are now, and that is your identity in Christ. You have been transformed. The old has passed away and the new has come. Who remembers the movie Karate Kid? The the karate kid. Now I'm not talking about the original. I'm talking about the good one. <laughs> so Daniel LaRusso in the karate kid, he's he's getting picked on by bullies in school. You know, we moved to a new place and uh folks didn't take to him very well and he's getting picked on. And so Mr. Mariagi um, he was a super at their apartment. He sees them getting messed with. And so one night, Mr. Miyagi comes and he sees them getting attacked, and he just handles Cobra Kai all by himself. He just handles them. Mr. Miyagi then agrees to teach Daniel son, as, as he called him, karate. But um, when, when he started teaching them, he, he started making them do some chores. It was kind of strange he comes in and he's doing all his chores. He's, he's waxing the car. He's, he's painting the fence. He's painting the house. He's stand, sanding the floor. And, and after a while, Daniel's like, hey, you're just using me, man. Like, I came to you to learn karate, and you're just abusing me for manual labor. How dare you? Miss Maggie said, oh, that's what you think? He says, wax the car. And he's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> There's no car right here. He's like, no, wax the car. And he shows them. Wax on, wax off. He's like, wait a minute. He says, paint the fence. Paint up, paint down. Well, hold on. He started to see that all along he's learning these defensive karate moves. But he wasn't connected with, with the outcome. He didn't know why he was doing all the chores, and so it was hard for him. He didn't want to show up most days because he's going to have me, where all these cars come from? He's going to have me waxing all these cars. But when he was connected with the outcome, when he understood the reason behind doing all these chores and practices, then it took on a whole different meaning. He couldn't wait to wax the next car. He couldn't wait to, to paint the next fence. Because he was connected to the outcome that was greater. This is something that I want us to understand. This is what I want us to get. We, I want us to be connected with the bigger picture. There's no purpose in learning scales on the piano unless you desire to play music. Nobody wants to be the best at playing a chromatic scale. No, they want to go through and they want to bring joy to people at a concert. They want to go through and, and move people by their, their song and their, their, their words. They want to play in symphonies. They want to play in plays. In the same way, brothers and sisters, you need to understand the purpose of the spiritual practices that we have. And the purpose is for us to be conformed into the image of Christ and we are to pursue godliness. That's the point. That's our goal. That is our aim. Our practice brings us closer to God and helps us to know Him better. Again, 1 Timothy 4 and 8 says, While bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way, as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. Godly people are disciplined people. We don't just fly by by the seat of our pants. We don't hope things work out for us. Much like Danielson, when you practice spiritual disciplines, you will be equipped to withstand the challenges of the enemy. Because in the movie, once Daniel understood what was going on and he started to get picked on, he was able to handle himself. When they went to the competition, he knew what he was doing even when he was hurt. It was muscle memory. He was able to pull it out. He was able to use it. This reminds me of Ephesians 6 and 10, which says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. Why? That you might be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against cosmic powers over the present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you would be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm." Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and the shoes on your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace in all circumstances, take up your shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of truth, spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the spirit with the prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. This is what spiritual discipline helps us to do. Help us, one, to be aware that is, there's an armor of God, but so that we can withstand the evil one. It says to stand firm. Nobody's coming going to blow you away, to knock you down and knock you over. 1 Timothy 4 and 16 says, keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching. Persist in this, for by doing so, you will save both yourself and your hearers. So this matters more than just for you. This is very important for each of you here today, each of you online with us. But it's also important for the people that are around you the people that you come into contact with. These spiritual disciplines are good for all of these reasons. And healthy church members display the gospel to the world in a healthy way. That's what I want for us. I want people to know who Jesus is because of what he's done for you and how you display it. So when the goodness of Christ and his word are evident in the church, then people will be drawn to him. People say, what what is it about Angela that just nothing bothers her? Just things flows off her back. She handles situations that come up with, with such ease. It looks effortless. Why? And she's able to share her spiritual disciplines, practices, or habits because of who Jesus Christ is. this is why the truth is so important. That's why reading your Bible is so important in others. We need to train for Godliness, for people to see the difference Christ has made and um, the change that's made in our own lives, and so they can also see what He's done for us. You know, for a lot of folks who call themselves Christians, people look at them like, they're no different than I am. Like, what do I need Jesus for? They're messed up just like I am. They're They're having issues and problems and Addictions and all this other kind of stuff. What do I need Jesus for? Because these folks who proclaim to be Christians, some of them, they don't actually follow him. They don't have these disciplines in place to, to be more and more like Christ. Christians in name only. You give know, given many of us a bad name. So, all the more reason for us to practice all the more reason for us to train up in godliness so that we can be that testimony for people to see, to combat all that is wrong out in the world. So I'm looking forward to our study on these spiritual disciplines. And as we go through, we'll have some opportunity to practice them together, to practice reading our Bible, to practice prayer, to practice fasting, and so on so that you can feel comfortable. You know and understand what it is and what it looks like and how to apply it to your life as we go forward so we can grow in our relationship with Jesus Christ, thrive as a body of believers, and serve bull and brook in the greater community. Let's pray. Gracious Father, thank you so much for um, putting this before us, helping us to see how we can train ourselves and see how applicable it is to our own lives there's so many things we do in our lives and that we train for jobs we train for sports we train for music and uh, do all these different things but we lose sight of what is ultimately the most important and that is focusing our attention on you and and how we can be more like Jesus help us here today help us to look at our own lives and and see how we can actually be doing that. What is it in our lives that we can incorporate so that we can day by day, moment by moment, be more and more conformed to the image of Christ? Help us not only individually, but also as a community here at First Baptist Bolingbroke, that we can focus our attention on you and who you are not only for our own sakes, but also for the sakes of the people that you will put in our path, for the sake of our community, for the sake of our country and our world. Father, we thank you so much in the precious name of Jesus. Amen.